All right. Isaiah chapter 9. Go ahead and take your Bibles and turn there. I know that is where Leto was last week. That's where we're going to be the whole month of December is Isaiah chapter 9. And for the next three Sundays, including today, we're going to be in Isaiah 9 verse 6. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I've never done this. And so uh, I'm excited to see how this turns out. Trey, I didn't know you could sing like that. This is very good, man. She just said your whole family sings like that. Does the Barbie family sing? Really? I didn't know that. Isaiah 9, 6. If you're there, say word. Here at Red Cross, we like, uh, well, not just like, but we stand in the honor of the reading of Scripture. So if you'll stand with me, we'll, we'll read Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful. We are thankful this morning as we are able to come together to worship you. God, I pray that you will open up our eyes to the truth of your word. We thank you for who you are. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Yesterday was the 78th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor was attacked by Japan. There may be a few in here who probably remember that day. Over 2,400 people lost their lives. It was a surprise military strike, one in which we were not ready for. After the attack was over, it felt like all hope was lost. But as we know today, that it wasn't. We pushed through that as a country. Here in Isaiah 9, where Leto led us into last week, we see that it is a dark day for the people of Israel. It's a dark day. They are lost. They are helpless. They are hopeless. Their leaders are corrupt. Their leaders are leading the people into idolatry. It's, it's not a good time. People of Israel are a religious people, but they don't have a heart for God. In fact, God hates their religious lifestyle. It's disgusting to Him. Because they are really only going through the motions and only worshiping not only God, but pagan gods as well. So what Isaiah does here in Isaiah chapter 9 is he gives a prophecy, a prophecy of, of, of hope, which is what Leto shared last week. This is a prophecy of a coming Messiah. Now, last Sunday we started what we call Advent. Advent means arrival. And the season of Advent, it's a remedy for us 
during the busyness of Christmas. Christmas is so busy. I mean, it's so busy. It feels like by the time Christmas gets here, Christmas is leaving us. We get so caught up in the motions of Christmas, of the commercialization of Christmas. We get so caught up with the amount of Christmas parties we have to go to, with with, with the events that we have, with the family functions, all the traditions, that a lot of times we tend to lose focus on what Christmas is really about. So Advent is a time where we get to slow down. We slow down during the whole month of December and we focus on Christ. Advent meaning arrival, we are celebrating the first advent of Jesus. When he, when he came down, born in a manger, where he took on flesh, that was the first advent. But not only do we celebrate the first advent during the season of Advent, we also anticipate the second advent, the second coming, the second arrival, when Jesus finally returns. So Isaiah here is prophesying the first advent. He is is showing us this Messiah, and it's a message of hope for the people of Israel. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now we're going to be in this verse for the next three Sundays, including today, And we're going to look at the four names that Isaiah gives Christ. Today, beginning with Wonderful Counselor. These four names, they they give us the story of Christmas. And what I want to do is show you how. So today, let's look at Wonderful Counselor and how Christ is our Wonderful Counselor. So so let's, let's break it up. First... Here's the main idea that I want to give to you. Christ is our wonderful counselor. It it is not going to be on the screen if if you're waiting for it. I want you to write it down. Christ is our wonderful counselor who has come to lead us to new life. Christ is our wonderful counselor who has come to lead us to new life. So let's break it up. We're going to look at wonderful and we're going to look at counselor. Because I know in some of your translations, there's a comma between wonderful and counselor. There's some debate as to whether or not is a title and counselor is a title. But when you look in original Hebrew, there's no punctuation marks. So in the original Hebrew, it actually says wonderful counselor. So we're going to look at him as our wonderful counselor. But let's break it up anyway and see what both of these terms mean. When we look at the word wonderful, it's a wonderful word, right? We think things are wonderful. We think different things are wonderful. I think a good cup of coffee is wonderful. I love a good cup of coffee. When I travel, I take my coffee equipment with me. I have bags of beans that I take with me. I have my own grinder. I have my own thing that heats up the water. 
And I've got my own stuff. I've got my own French press. I've got my own AeroPress. I'm very particular about how I like my coffee. Don't judge me. We think a beautiful sunrise or a beautiful sunset is wonderful. Right? The laughter of a child is wonderful. Christmas tree little Debbie cakes are wonderful. Those are the only little Debbie cakes I will keep in my house. So if you want to get me something for Christmas, I would love a box of Christmas tree, Christmas tree little Debbie cakes. Chocolate or vanilla, I don't care. There are many things that we can call wonderful. Many things. The beauty of our spouse. The football game when the Panthers actually win. But here in Isaiah 9, the word wonderful means something deeper. The word wonderful means something supernatural. Something incomprehensible. Something absolutely amazing. That's what wonderful means. You can't understand it. That's just how amazing it is. So when Isaiah says that this coming Messiah is wonderful, he's saying that this coming Messiah is beyond your comprehension as to how amazing he is. He will be supernatural. We see in Psalm 139, 6, as David talks about God's knowledge, he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. That's where we see that it is something incomprehensible. Something miraculous. And Isaiah is claiming that Jesus is something miraculous. Jesus isn't just wonderful. He is wonder. We were at Disney last week. Tara and I had both been when we were younger. And, and Disney is, is such a magical place. It really is. Um, I remember this past week walking into a ride. It was the Toy Story Mania ride. Because, you know, we brought our kids. We couldn't ride anything we wanted to ride. So we walked onto the Toy Story ride. And my three-year-old, Trevin, when you, when you walk into this, this, this waiting area, which you wait forever, there are these gigantic toys these statues, like there's a gigantic checkerboard to the side and there's there's a nutcrackers and there's a Mr. Potato Head who's talking to you and just the colors and everything. And I walk in and I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's going to take forever to get through this line. And my son, my three year old Trevin, he doesn't even care about the line. He walks in and he goes, wow. I'm like, what are you amazed at? looky you know that's his thing now daddy looky and then just went nuts through the child through the eyes of a child he was able to see the wonder of something so simple see within within the craziness of of christmas we tend to lose the fact of how wonderful christ is and we tend to not even see the wonder of it at all we tend to be so focused on material things, on our schedules, on how crazy things are. And I know Christmas time is hectic. Both of our families, my wife's family and my family, live within five minutes of us. Do you think Christmas Day is busy for us? Yes. 
But we get so busy, we forget the wonder of it. Here, Isaiah is showing us the wonder of who Jesus is. Are we amazed at who Jesus is? Do we have the kind of wonder of who Jesus is? Do we we get ecstatic about it? Surprised by it? Because Christ is wonderful. He is our wonderful counselor. Here, write this down. Jesus is wonderful in his person. He's wonderful in his person. He's wonderful in who he is. 1 Timothy 3.16. This is Paul telling Timothy how wonderful Christ is. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. The wonder of who Christ is. He is wonderful in who He is. He's wonderful in His person. Thank you, Leslie, for doing that. I didn't get an outline to her in time. It's not her fault. It's my fault. But she's, she, she's doing a great job. Jesus is wonderful in His person. Secondly, write this down. Jesus is wonderful in His power. He's wonderful in His power. If if you were with us through our Gospel of John series, you would have seen the wonder of His power. The healing that He did. He rose the dead. He caused blind people to see, lame people to walk, the mute to speak. Jesus is wonderful in His power. And you see, here's the thing about this. See, with the wonder in His person, His person is with us. Because He's told us He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And the wonder in His power, the same power that rose Him from the dead, is the same power that lives in us today to overcome every single obstacle within our lives to live for Him. Jesus is wonderful in his power. And thirdly, write this down. Jesus is wonderful in his promises. Why? Because he keeps them. He never fails us. When he says that he will never leave us nor forsake us, he means that. When he says that he will empower us, he means that. He's wonderful in his promises. All right, so we see wonderful. We see the wonder of Christ. There's so much more we could say about that. Let's move to the next one. Counselor. Counselor. Not only is Christ wonderful, but he is counselor. What does that mean? I have had to sit under counselors in my past. Even there have been times where I've even gone to go see a therapist. I have had counsel from pastors and from other people. There's a type of counsel that we have to have, correct? But when we look at counselor, the title, when we look at it in scripture, the people who tend to give counsel to people, are kings. 
See, Isaiah is telling us that who is coming? A king is coming. A counselor who will advise his people how to live, what to do. Write this down. As counselor, Jesus is here to lead the lost. He's here to lead the lost. What does a, what does a king do? What does a, how, how does a king advise people? He tells them where to go. He advises his armies how to, how to fight, how to battle. He advises his people what to do, how to live. Jesus, as the king, as our counselor, has come to lead the lost. He tells us in Luke 19.10, For the Son of of Man came to seek and to save the lost. John 10, the good shepherd has come to save sinners. To lead the lost. Where? To himself. He tells us in John, John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. I'm here to lead you. That's what Jesus is saying. Because I'm the way. And I am the truth. And I am the life. We live in a world, as did Isaiah, as did the people of Israel, where there are people outside of our church, outside of our people, who try to lead us astray. Even even during Christmas, there are things that try to lead us from the true meaning of it. But ultimately, Christ, as our wonderful counselor, ultimately, not only has he come to lead us away from those things, but to lead us to what truth is, and that is himself. As the king, he is the revealed word of God. We saw that in John 1. For the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Where do we, where should we receive our counsel from? The word. Christ is the revealed word. And God has, God is sending him, has sent him, but Israel or Isaiah is telling Israel that God is going to send this child to lead you to counsel you to advise you to show you what truth really is So as our wonderful counselor Jesus is here to lead the lost Secondly, write this down. Jesus is here to heal the hurt. He's here to heal the hurt. Why did Jesus have to come? If we go all the way back to Genesis, we see in Genesis 1 that God has created all things good. He created man and woman and they were good. 
They lived in harmony with God. They walked in the garden with God. But then what happens? Genesis 3 happens. The woman is deceived by the serpent. She takes of the fruit, gives it to Adam. He takes of the fruit. Sin comes into the world. Why? Because they wanted to be God. So why does Jesus have to come? Because now, because of what Adam and Eve did, our heart is hard and broken and set apart from a loving relationship with the creator of the universe. So Christ, as our wonderful counselor, has come to heal the hurt, to mend the brokenhearted, to bring us back into a right relationship with the Father. That's why Jesus has come. That's what Isaiah is trying to show them here. That as the wonderful counselor, Christ has come to lead us to new life. To lead us not only to new life, but to true life. See, church, here's the thing. Christmas is wonderful. This is my favorite time of the year. This is the only time of the year that I can justify eating sweets every single day. It's the only time of the year I can justify drinking hot chocolate every night. And I know in North Carolina weather, even in December, it can be 75 degrees. I'm still going to drink hot chocolate and sweat. Christmas time is a wonderful time of the year. I love taking my children to go see the Christmas lights, especially at, at, at the Speedway, because again, through the eyes of a child, they see wonder where we as adults have a hard time. They see amazement where we as adults have a hard time seeing it. But what we see here in Isaiah 9 is God is sending a wonderful counselor to lead us to new life. And church, let me tell you, we tend to lose our wonder of Jesus. How? Because we, like the people of Israel, tend to just get into the motions. We, like the people of Israel, think that since we've already prayed the prayer and given our lives to Christ, that we're okay and we don't have to do anything else. We, like the people of Israel, get stagnant. And we think we're worshiping God when really we aren't. When Isaiah wrote this, people of Israel were going through a tough time. Assyria is about to come in. Actually, Assyria has already started coming in at this time and is bringing people of Israel into exile. They're coming in and, and, and the kingdom is being destroyed. And this is judgment. It's judgment. God allowed this to happen because the people of Israel were not listening. It's a dark day. But church, let me ask you something. Do you think we're still living in a dark day today? Because let me tell you, I don't see 
heaven on earth just yet. Christ hasn't returned yet. It's a dark day. It's a dark day when the world is riddled with sin. It's a dark day when there are churches across the world who are being blown up just because they're worshiping. It's a dark day when sin within our own lives is destroying relationships, marriages, families. In church, what we need today, and maybe what you need today, is you need to turn to the wonderful counselor. You need to restore your wonder back into who Christ is. Because again, we can be amazed at Christmas lights. Christmas lights are amazing. They're awesome. But if we're more amazed at Christmas lights than we are at who Christ is, we have a problem. What is the point of why we celebrate Christmas? It's because of the coming of the Messiah to save us from our sin. As what Leto read earlier, that he stepped down from heaven and took on flesh, emptied himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. There's wonder in who Christ is. It's the God-man who came and gave his life. And what does this do? It gives us hope. It gives us hope. So church, this morning, you're struggling with something big. You probably feel like you have no hope. You probably have not realized the wonder of who Christ is, and you probably have not realized the love that Christ has shown us. Because this wonderful counselor has come to lead us to new life. So church, this morning, you may need to restore that wonder back in who Christ is. You may need to be reminded of the love that Christ has for us. Today is the day to do that. Because this Messiah is the one who has come. This We live in the already but the not yet. This prophecy was meant for the people of Israel and for us. But we, in this day, have seen the Messiah come. Now we anticipate the return. But are you ready? Have you given your life to Him? Have you put your faith in who Christ is, in the wonder of who Christ is? Jesus is wonderful in His person, in His power, and in His promises, and He's here to lead the lost and to heal the hurt. Do you know Him today? I pray that you do. Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful for who You are. We're thankful for your word. And God, we are thankful for the wonder of your son. We pray, God, that you would help us this morning to see that. Help us to be amazed by him. To see the joy that he has for us, the love that he has for us. God, I pray that you will do that this morning. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.